Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. 1008. Good morning. Good morning. WTRC News Talk 1080. I was I was uh, celebrating Martin Luther King's birthday. <laughs> Just I don't know what I was doing. Uh, good to be with you this morning. How many of you are off today? Raise your hand if you're off today. Let me see those hands. Um, you know, it's funny because some people some people are off. A few people are off. It's it's kind of like a President's Day holiday where the banks are closed and the government's closed and everybody else has to work. You know, kind of thing. So. Uh, we we get it. We understand that. 860-522-9842, the numbers to call in. Love to talk with you today. Um, I, I just am, I am completely amazed by this Joe Biden document scandal. Are you? I, I The timing of it, how it happened, um, it, it, it's just amazing. It's amazing to me. And I and I do think it was planned. I do think it was. I think it was preempted. I, I think I think these are Biden's people working against him. How how was he sitting on these are these are Obama era documents when he was vice when when Biden was vice president. He's been sitting on them apparently for years. Don't forget, it was four years of Trump, two years he's president. At least six, seven years he's been sitting on these documents. Why did they just surface now? Who who found them and, and and his attorneys? And and why were they looking for them now? For six years in the garage next to the Corvette. Does it make sense to you at all? I don't know. Um, the Democrat, uh, a Democrat Party official. 
says we're trying to put lipstick. I'm talking about the scandal and how they're covering it. We're trying to put lipstick on a pig. The problem is this week that we got handed 50 pigs and only one stick of lipstick. (laughs) The same Democrat Party official. Of course, they're all unnamed. You know, they're all anonymous. These are anonymous sources. The same Democratic Party official said, why in the world didn't they get the story out earlier? Like before the holidays. Like how about before the midterm elections when they knew about it? Why didn't they get the full story at once instead of now drip, drip, drip? This is the worst kind of thing, right? This just keeps, keeps this. Now, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, it seems, it, it, it just, it's got a bad odor to it. I'm telling you. Who leaked the story? Who knows? This is what people are asking. What did Biden know? When did he know it? Could be, could be. I don't know. Does it seem strange to you? That's my question. Does the whole thing seem strange to you? The fact that it's true doesn't seem strange to me, I'm sure. I'm sure he has classified documents. I'm sure he, he took things. I mean, all, probably all presidents did. So, I mean, I was watching Levin last night. Mark Levin was brilliant last night. And Mark said probably every president in history walked out with something. There's the fact that he walked out when he was vice president is a problem because vice presidents don't have the same authority that presidents have when it comes to declassification of documents. So, but I, I think, you know, I predict many of us, I'm not alone, many people have said they believed Biden would not finish four terms. We were all talking about it being a health concern. It would be a health issue that would tank them. Well, no one ever thought it would be classified documents. And again, there's no law been broken. There's no real law broken here. And you cannot charge a sitting president with a crime. So I don't know how they do this. Is it impeachable? I don't know. High crimes, misdemeanor. It doesn't really fall into that category. Um, and then what do you do about Trump? What do you do? Oh, you went, you stinking attacked Trump's house. You went in and you took these documents. So you went through his wife's wardrobe. And, and now we're finding out this is probably not even illegal in the first place. What, what do you, how do you go back? How do you make that right? That's a whole nother question. All right. 860-522-9842. Let's go to New Britain and Andrew. Andrew, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Pastor Will. Hey, Andrew. How are you? Oh, this is uh, this is Jerry in Stratford. Oh, Jerry in Stratford. Okay, I got I got the phone lines crossed. Okay, go ahead. Hey, hey well, I was actually I just wanted to make a note about today being the the remembrance of Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday, and I think a lot of people have covered this ground, but obviously his dream of a country where people are judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin, is at risk, but not from, you know, white redneck bigots, but rather uh, corporate HR departments and Democratic <laughs> Party politicians and, yeah. and and so on and so on. And, of course, you know, the best example is AOC seems to preference every sentence with, as a woman of color, this, as a person of color, that. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's race has become central to the Democratic Party, but that's bled into the society as a large. But what I wanted to ask you was, here we are in January 2023. Would you say, to pick between two doctors, 
which doctor currently represents the core philosophy of the Democratic Party? Dr. Martin Luther King or Dr. Kermit Gosnell? I think it's Gosnell, but I'd I'd like to hear what you have to say. I I, I hate to admit that, but I I would have to say, if you really forced me, I would say Dr. Gosnell. Because Hermit is, um, he's more reflective of the modern progressivism than than his king. You know, and so, yeah. On both counts, because the Democrats have rejected King's message of not judging people by race, and they've embraced abortion up to and including the moment of live birth. Every yeah. elected Democrat, except maybe three, I think, in the House, mm-hmm. are, are the, zero legal protections for the unborn child uh, up to and including the mo- moment of live birth. So in, in, in Joe Biden's America, in Rosa DeLauro's America, in, in Governor Lamont's America, every child conceived is a child that can be killed up to including the moment of live birth. Sure. That's an ex- that's sure. abortion extremism. Well, so and you know, I, anyway, I, so I held Johanna Hayes' feet to the fire on that question when the one time she came on the show and and it caused her a lot of distress. And I said, "How is it that, you know, you guys talk so much about gun control, you talk about all these other issues, and yet the 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 abortion rate among the black population, childbearing women, in America, black child wearing bearing women in America is seven percent. Yet abortions make up almost fifty percent. So, how, how do you just how do you how do you explain that? You know, what, what are you doing to try to correct that problem? And boy, I tell you, that was not an easy thing for her to have to confront, or, or she can, it couldn't answer it, didn't answer it, skated around it. But this is a this is a you know this is almost genocide on the black population, and and no one's willing to confront it, honestly. So, well, and that's a shame. And, and, and so when we reflect on Dr. King's message, message today, it's both, you know, the, the, for, for me, the Democratic Party is one of race is all that matters and that, you know, uh, open season on the unborn child. Yeah. And, and you know, so it's, it's bad and worse is the way I would characterize it. I, I agree. I agree. Jerry, thank you. Uh, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Let's go to uh, all right. Now let's. Let's see if uh, if Andrew's still with us. I, I hit the wrong line before. Andrew, welcome. Hi. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning. Are you there? I am. Go ahead. Are you clear. there? Oh, yeah, okay. See, yeah, thanks. Hi. Uh, yeah, Doctor, I, I'm kind of going to uh, double down on what Jerry just said. Uh, Doctor Doctor King's message was uh, uh, basically, uh, char- you know, uh, uh, character over, over color. Uh, you know, it's uh, a distinction without a difference. Uh, his message was nonviolence. He used nonviolence, uh, and, uh, uh, and and he was about Christ's message. He was he was a, a pray for your enemies, forgive your enemies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, today today we have uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, which pre- which preaches uh, critical race theory, which is which tells us that the only thing that matters is race. That white is bad. That color that color is good over over white, uh, and we have a situation uh, now where where BLM is using Antifa uh, to use to use violence and the threat of violence uh, uh, destruction uh, to uh, to accomplish uh, accomplish its aims, create fear and intimidation uh, in our country. Uh, this is all done under the auspices of the Democrats. And under the auspices of the Democrats, 
uh, and the unions, CRT, meaning racism, is being taught in our schools. Racism is being taught in our schools. Uh, how, how much more can you turn your back on the message of Dr. King than, than, what, than what we have today, what the Democrats have done to us today? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I honestly, um, so trying to evaluate the whole King legacy and, and the, the state of, of relations today between black and white is, is always going to be different depending on what color your skin is. You know, because, cause, you know, white folks see it one way. Black folks, I would imagine, see it in an entirely different light. And and I appreciate I appreciate your your points, Andrew, and I, I don't disagree. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to hear some, from some folks of color. If and I, we know I know you have, you listen to the show. I, I mean I know that that that's a, for a fact. I'd like to hear some some folks calling people of color today. How do you how do you think things are? Um, I you know I I'm just curious because I think. I think it's a different it's a different uh, viewpoint. I think it's a different lens. You know, I think I think in some ways we've made great strides in in race. I hate to say race relations in in relations between white and black. Um, but in other ways, I think you know there's still there's still bias in the world. There's still prejudice in the world. There's still there's still you know discrimination in the world. And that's, in, that's, you know, because as, as much as you try to legislate, you can't legislate that out. It's a spiritual problem in people's hearts. So I would, I would love to hear from, uh, from some folks that would, you know, some, some, if you're black, I'd like to hear from you today. I'd like to hear what you think. I'd like to get your opinion on how do you think things have gone since Dr. King uh, was killed in, in 1968. And we celebrate the birthday today, not the death, of course. Um, but let's go to uh, let's go to Bantam and let's go to Ron. Ron, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? <clears throat> First of all, you? Uh, you know, God bless Martin Luther King and all his relatives. But um, I, don't, I don't think it's as big as a problem as uh, the media or uh, you know they're blowing it up to be. I, mean, I grew up. What's with as all big a problem? The, what what problem? Racism. <clears throat> yeah. Racism okay. isn't as big as a problem, but if you keep talking about it on the radio yep. and the newspaper every single day, it, it kind of creates more of a problem. You know, you just I grew up with every different kind of person from all, all over the world, and, and we just all got along fine until, you know, little, little children don't see color. You, you know, they just drive it into your mind over and over and over again. And I think it creates more, but then uh, what I really wanted to call for is uh, about the uh, Planned Parenthood thing. Who, who uh, founded Planned Parenthood? And then, then you'll see yeah, why, why most, why mostly black babies yeah. were getting, uh, yeah, it well, kind of was, you know, was a genocide thing way back when, but you could just look into it and see who founded that. And then you know, the history, say, wow. the history for Planned Parenthood is not a good, it's not a good, <laughs> you not don't a good know topic, where it comes right? from, but, but no, you're right. You're right. Ron. You're right. I appreciate yeah. that. Thank, thank you for your call. You know, and, and again, I, I'm going to take a break here, but I, I do think the whole concept, first of all, I don't talk about race every day. I mean, this is the first time I've talked about it in months probably, but, um, because it is the day of, you know, we celebrate Martin Luther King's junior birthday. I do think it's a different, I think it's a different perspective. 
if you're white or black. I do. I, I think I think and I and I'd like to hear some for some folks of color today. I'd like folks if you you know, please call in and share share what you think. Honestly. I'm we're we're welcoming the thought. Call us and tell us what do you think the the state of relations between white and black folks are right now. And, and and obviously we've made progress. I don't think anybody can intellectually honestly say we haven't. Of course we've made progress. He had a black president, please. Twice, two terms elected. Of course, we've made progress, but um, how much progress? And and has that any of that gone the other way? I don't know. So uh, we'll come back eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Love to hear from you. Love to get your thoughts on it today. Um, and let's let's just chat. Let's just talk about it. I'm curious to see what folks think. Uh, Will Marotti Show Monday edition. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. 1026. We'll have open phone lines for the uh, the next half hour, so if you, if you didn't get a chance to call and you want to call, I'd love to hear from you. We're talking about, you know, and I wasn't going to go this direction, but but you guys you guys kind of kind of helped me uh, get there discussing relations, black and white relations since Martin Luther King. Um, some people think there is no problem. Some people think there maybe is more problem than there is. Some people think there's been progress made. Some people think there's been minimal progress. I'd like to hear from you, but I don't want to necessarily hear just from white folks. I'd like to hear from some black folks. I'd like to get your perspective because your perspective is good. Listen, I'm a white Italian kid. I've never been, as far as I know, I've never been discriminated against. I've never been uh, not hired because of the color of my skin. I've never been not, uh, you know, I've never been looked at funny other than because, you know, it might be funny looking. But I've never, you know, I've never had that happen before. So I don't even know what it's like. I do have many friends and people in our church who are who are black, who are uh, Latino, who are people of color. And I understand what their experience in many cases have been. One of my one of my mentors for the last, gosh, 20 Two twenty-three years uh, has has been Dr. Raleigh Washington, who who was who was black and and uh, was the first black pastor admitted to the Evangelical Free Church of America, and I've I've heard him many times discuss. We've talked about it many times. He says things are right. He says he doesn't believe there's systematic racism in America because it's not codified. It's not in law. Jim Crow laws don't exist anymore. He said, but there's still bias, there's still prejudice, and there's still racial insensitivity. So there, there, it's, it's a big question. It's a big question. Let's go. Uh, let's go to uh, West Hartford. Ed, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Uh, how are you, Will? Good. Um, I'm Puerto Rican. I I grew up in Hartford, uh, north end of okay. Hartford. I live in okay. West Hartford now, and I work in West Hartford. But grew up okay. in Hartford, and um, we dealt with racism all our lives, right? But we, as Hispanics and Blacks, I say eighty percent of people that are in Hartford, we don't really deal with racism the way people think that we deal with it like like we live it every day no we're too busy living we're too busy you know trying to survive we do hear about racism on the radio and on the tv and on programs but we don't live racism every single day of our lives um as a kid i grew up in the north of harford with blacks and i never saw color I'm a white guy, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, but I'm a white guy. I never saw color, ever. My parents never taught us about color until we Mm -hmm. started going to school, you know, maybe sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grade, and now we started learning about Mm -hmm. 
you know, racism and stuff in, in politics, in work, and stuff like that. But we do not live it. Uh, we don't deal with it until, you know, it hurts us on our day-to-day well, so, And you say you don't deal with it every day. Does it, does it still come up? Does it still present a problem at times? Never. Never. Let me tell you that I'm 51. I'm 51. I lived in this country since I was six. I was born in Puerto Rico. We got in Connecticut when we in 78. Ed, can I, I, can I put you on hold? Because I have to break for the news. I want to talk to you more. Do you have a few minutes you can hold? Yes, sir. All right. We're going to come back. We're going to come back to you. And uh, we will um, we'll, uh, go to the news right now. And then we're going to come back and talk to Ed when we get back. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is Local Radio, the Will Marathi Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. Back 1037-860-522-9842. I see those lines ringing. Matt's going to grab those. Be patient. He'll get to you. And uh, let's go back to Ed. Ed's in West Hartford. Ed, thank you for holding. No problem. Um, <clears throat> go ahead. I have a thought, right? <clears throat> a kid like me that was born in Puerto Rico in 72, moved to Connecticut in 78. Our first experience with winter was the blizzard of 78. <laughs> uh, Welcome to Connecticut, we, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> we got here in February, I think the 15th. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, the 28th, we had that big blizzard. So that was our introduction, introduction to America. Yeah. But we assimilated to the country. <clears throat> we did everything we had to do to become good citizens. Yeah. Um, we learned that, um, yes, there is racism. Yes, there is. But we didn't see it. We didn't live it. The first time that I noticed that, Things were going changing in America was when the Ob- when Obama the elections the elections with Obama that's when our the fabric of our country changed mm-hmm. and something started going wrong you know with mm-hmm. our kids sure. and you know 
with our youngsters. Since then, I've seen America change completely. The fabric of politics, news, it, you know, it just it, it changed a lot. And right now in 2023, I don't like it. it it's just weird the way that, uh, you know, we run our, our political um, parties and, and the way we as Americans interact with each other and speak to each other and it, it, it is, it's weird. It's, it's a weird situation that we're living in. And, and, and I'm, I'm saying that it's wrong and we should go back to like 2000 when everything yeah. <laughs> was cordial, you know, even in politics, sure, things were cordial. Now things are nuts. You can't speak so, to people about politics because people are emotional and boy. You can't talk about um, life anymore. You can't talk to your kids about life anymore because they have a phone in their hand and they know everything. <laughs> so, so, you, me, so you're saying that you think you think politics has negatively contributed to race relations in the United States? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. If it wasn't for politics, we could have been living way better uh, race relations in America. Politicians. Every four years, when we have an election, they bring up racism, racism, yeah. uh, black you, against you white, black against white. You've got to have divide people and have people not like each other, and you want to you create enemies for people, and that's, this is what politicians are really good at. Yes, my mother always said it. Um, you, This is America. You can make it. You can yeah. have whatever you want. There's nothing holding you back. There's not a white man in Washington, D.C., you know, how they say, oh, yeah. him or that. No, no, you can make it if you really want to. We have nieces and nephews that are in the military. We have nieces and nephews that are police officers here in Connecticut. We, my son uh, runs um, low security. So we, we, we know that you can make it here in America if you want to. Now, if you want to be uh, crying all the time and saying racism, 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 racism. You know what I mean? Yes, we're yeah, going to have no, people. I, I, I think you're 100% you know. right. Uh, and I and I thank you so much for your call. And uh, thanks for no, taking time with us. And thanks for holding. No. I appreciate it. All right, let's go to uh, Hartford and Sharik. Sharik, welcome to the show. Good morning, Pastor. How are you? Thanks a lot for taking my call. Yes, uh, you know what? <clears throat> I am originally from Pakistan. But believe me, I've, 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 I've lived in Hartford for a long time. I've lived in other other cities, too. I never, I mean, faced overt racism, maybe covert somewhere here and there. And I'm, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, it's like kind of a funny thing. But I live in Hartford, but I am from originally from Pakistan. But in, at least in Hartford, Everybody thinks, or they call, talk to me. They say everybody thinks I'm Puerto Rican. Believe me. Really? So, wow. Yeah. So that's why I I, I invented a new uh, classification, uh, and uh, the Census Bureau should take uh, note of it that I call myself Packer Rican. I mean, uh, that makes sense or not? But, <laughs> but. So the point I'm making is this: I have faced. I have faced uh, uh, discrimination. For example, uh, people, people. T I, I, before, uh, for example, there's a sign um, in West Harper a long time ago, like in the early 80s, and job wanted. So I went over there. and said, No, no, there's no job wanted. It's already been filled. Maybe he thought I was uh, Puerto Rican or something. I don't know, or maybe Pakistani, whatever. And then the next day, the sign reappeared. So that kind of small, small thing. I've never been followed on, you know, in the shopping center, this and that. But you know. You know what? I used to have uh, racism is 
to say that there's no racism is not correct, but we have come a long way, you know. Yeah. And then I think we still have to, America as a country is not racist. Didn't we elect Barack Obama twice? So America, you yeah, cannot take, a, right? you cannot say that America is racist per right. se. You can't but say there are systemic you know, racism, per se. For yeah, yeah, systemic yeah, right. and all that. And right. uh, although if there are a few, they try to dismantle it all the time. Hey, let so, me ask you a question. I can, uh, can I ask you a totally uh, different question? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I, I know you're here. I know you're not in Pakistan anymore, but you, you, you were born and raised in Pakistan. Is that correct? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was in the 20s okay. when I became here. Is Pakistan yeah. similar to India in terms of there is, uh, you know, there, there's numerous religions but Muslims make up uh, a significant part. Well, Pakistan he, he, is. Still, my parents are from, uh, were from India, and from India, India per se, right now, India as of today. Mm. But Pakistan is almost very similar to India, especially northern India. The South mm. India is different, and Pakistan. Okay. Pakistan has changed a lot since you know I've been here a long time. As I said, I came with Columbus, but uh, you know, but uh, basically, what I'm. What I'm trying to say is this, that Pakistan is very, very similar to India, but right now there's a huge tension right now because religion thing. But for, for, you know, for me also, 9-11 changed more than the race thing. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy that uh, people think so I'm Puerto Rico. They don't, they don't think so that I'm, I'm, I'm a Muslim or something. So you know what? Yeah. It works for me. As I say, I came from Pakistan. I live in Hartford. Both are uh, third world countries, and I'm okay with that. Basically. <laughs> Sharik, you're always a pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, sir. Have a great day. 860-522-9842. China to talk a little bit about the condition of, of the uh, relations between you know, black and white, people of color, people white. Um, yeah, just from a different perspective, because I, I, I do, do think there's a there's a different view depending on, you know, whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're brown. And, and and interested to hear what you have to say. Let's let's go to uh, South Carolina and Ralph. Ralph, welcome to the show. Hi, Pastor, how are you doing? Good. Uh, Pastor, I work down here uh, in South Carolina, and I work with mostly black people. And there is no racial problems at all. Yeah. We are all, uh, they're the greatest people. They work hard. They're there every day. In South Carolina, there's no racial problems at all. Not at all. I think it's a lot worse up north than it is down here. People down here, and again, I work with probably the majority of them are black. And they're the nicest people you ever want to meet. All they want is what everybody else wants for the families and for the futures and for the kids. And there is no racial animos that I have ever seen here. I saw more in Connecticut than I saw down here. And one thing uh, you may disagree with me, but this is something that I, to me, it it bugs me because people say Barack Obama was black. His mother was Irish and the Irish are not black. (laughs) He is a mixed race president. Absolutely. But he was never right. But I mean, he he did have darker than, than Caucasian skin. I mean, you can't, no, I understand that, but so do I maybe so a lot of other people, but the only point I'm trying to make is I say he was black because it's a political thing. The man's mother was white. Who cares? Well, and I think I don't know if you heard our last caller, Ed, but Ed Ed identifies Puerto Rican. He's Latino. He said he thinks politicians drive problems with race more than people do. there's no doubt about yeah. it. That's 100% correct. The man knows what he's talking about. Just look at everything you see is race, 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 race with politicians, especially, yeah. and this is just a fact, with Democrats. 
Yeah, but because, I, again, they need to divide people to create enemy groups. That's what they have to right, do. But why, why do we have to be diverse, Pastor? Why not just the best person for the job, irregardless of their well, color? Well, I, I don't believe in quotas, so I'm with you. I don't believe in quotas. I think the best person gets the job, white, black, brown, yellow. I don't care what color they are. The best person right. should get the job. But um, but we do live in a diverse culture. I mean, it, it's a diverse oh, world that we live in. And, that, and that's what makes this America faster. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and we talked before, and one thing I'll say it again. If you were going to have brain surgery and you had to have a team of five people, would you say, okay, I got to have one black, I got to have <laughs> no, a Puerto Rican, I got to have – Exactly. No, you, you want know the it, right. best people qualified the to best, do that and the best people – that's right. Exactly. I don't it's care not, what color their skin is. Great. I just want to know they know what they're doing. That's exactly. You're 100% Ralph, thank correct. thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. Let's take one more, and we'll take a break. Let's go to uh, Southington. And Jesse, Jesse, welcome to the show. Hi, Pastor Will. First of all, I'd like to thank you for being the person that you are. You, you certainly blessed the, the station. Uh, second of all, I'd like to just say I'm 75 years old. Uh, I'm, I'm Caucasian. I've worked with many black people because I was an entertainer for many years. Uh, uh, I have black friends as much as I have white friends, Asian friends, Puerto Rican friends. I also want to just say at 70 years old, I took a little part-time job in the business that I was in. And there was an Afro-American gentleman there, and he had on a Martin Luther King uh, sweatshirt. And I said, that's one of the greatest men that had ever lived. And he said, why do you say that? I say, because of who he was and what he did and what his... What, 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 what he preached and what he was looking for. Mm -hmm. And the gentleman said to me, wow, you had to be brought up in an area where there are quite a few black people. And again, I'm from Waterbury originally, yeah, live in yeah. Southington now. I graduated with a, uh, a class of 400 that uh, uh, probably 150 were black, and they were as many as my friends as white people. So I just want to thank you again for who you are, and uh, I've been listening to you. Never had an opportunity to speak to you. I'm okay. honored that I had the chance. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've Thanks listened to you coming. since you were... Yeah, I've, I've listened to you since you were with uh, uh, Governor Rowland, and uh, I've always thought the world of you. Well, thanks, and those were very fun days with uh, with, with the governor. We had a blast. Oh, he certainly thank you so much. Wonderful guy. Thank you, Pastor. And please Bless. call back bye again. Bye. Don't let this be your only call, please. We'd love to hear from I you. I will, again. sir. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. Commercials, 860-522-9842. couple commercials. Back with open phone lines for the rest of the program. We'd love to hear from you today. Give us a call. You don't talk about race. Call about anything you want to talk about. I don't, you know, it's up to you. But uh, I'm just curious. I'm just curious to hear from people because that is today, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. birthday day, and we celebrate him and celebrate the movement and want to know what you think. That's all. So uh, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. WTIC News Talk 1080. Back to the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. Welcome back, 10, uh, 10.52. Man, this is going by great. You know, one of the things I'm going to talk about tomorrow is um, we're going to have Chris Powell on also, which is all things Connecticut. We love the segment of Chris Powell. Um, there's, a, there's a company that has uh, made the decision to not charge co uh, monthly premium costs on health care for the employees. You know, everybody charges something. We've traditionally, uh, as an organization, we've charged very little because we see it as a benefit. Uh, and, and this company, it's the Lee Company in Westbrook, making the case that 
Uh, as of January 1st, employees of the lead company do not have to pay any monthly premium costs for their health care insurance. Uh, they're with Anthem Blue Cross, expensive, not cheap. Uh, it, it's expensive all the way around. I mean, there's no question about it. So I think tomorrow, if we can, we're, gonna, we're going to uh, um, I'm gonna touch on that just a bit. Hey, Matt, I just lost the call screen. Could you bring Paul up for me, please? Yeah, it's hey, Paul. Paul. Paul, welcome. Thank you. Uh, so on race, I'm uniquely qualified to talk about race because in 1972 I enlisted. Now, the Navy was way ahead of desegregation or at least treatment. And you would think that by that time, now it took black activists and American activists of all colors to demand fair treatment in the United States Armed Forces. Well, now you have another disaffected groups. That's all the women that have been traumatized through sexual abuse and women and men. Okay. So there are disparate groups that are affected by other people's behavior. And this is what about this uh, is about the civil rights and liberties. Now, are you for doing away with uh, an agency in the state or in a federal level? I would imagine now, and by the way, when your caller, Ed, said something about stop crying, you know, there are a lot of women crying because of abuse. And there we, was we oppression. Talking, you know, we weren't talking about that, Paul. We were talking about racism. Yeah, but there is oppression that affects and impacts all different groups. I just said that. Now, they, they quantify this. It's easily quantifiable. Now, here's another question. How many people in society are impacted by uh, mitigated greed in some parts of the medical industry that preys on people for, uh, you know, like uh, prescribing conditions and, uh, and operations that don't need to be prescribed. Now, is that an, a moral insult where disproportionate uh, affects a group where government needs to get involved? Now, if you want to talk about government being involved, in the Navy, they went ahead of schedule. I went in the summer of 72, in the fall, October, there was a so-called race riot on Kitty Hawk. The MPs, the white MPs, were mistreating the sailors. Paul, let, me, let me just ask you a question. Let me just ask you a question. What, what is your point? Because I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time following you. What, what's your point here? Well, no, I get that a lot, Pastor Will. So you're no different than any other talk show host. But the point is you need to have different voices that express their uh, experiences, including people, black activists who were around protesting back in the 60s and 70s for civil rights and liberties, who have fought the fight, the trade unionists who are black in our history. That's been wiped clean. You know, this so-called thing, oh, we need to be afraid of the woke culture in the military. Well, I'll tell you what, at least we have parity. You know, minorities are asking for equality, not asking for more equality than someone else. Yeah, but Paul, and you know, there's what, a difference between equality and equity. And that's, that's if when we start talking about those issues, I'm not for equity. I'm for equality. Everybody gets a fair Well, chance. you haven't talked about it. You haven't talked about it. I would get a civil rights attorney on and talk about why it's important to maintain equality in a democratic system and not strip people's rights away to vote. I don't, I don't vote. think there's any argument about that, Paul. The voting, I don't, I don't know the stripping of that. voting. 
How about the stripping of voting? Do you go along with the Republican states who are making it hard and nearly impossible for no blacks? Republicans are making it hard. That's mythology, Paul. No Republicans are making. They it show hard up to vote. and carry. They show up and carry states, intimidating voters. Oh, like like other groups, officials. like the Black Panthers, don't do it. Paul, come on, come on, be fair. You're not being fair at all. Let's go. Last call today. Let's go to. Oh my gosh, Southern Command and Rudy. Rudy, welcome to the show. Man, I don't know how any of that's connected. And, I, I, um, I was like, you, "Where is he? If you want, whatever." I got a minute, Rudy. What's your? What, what do you want to talk? About? Here you go. If you want repressed voters, it's Connecticut. You only get one day to vote. In Florida, you get a month of early voting. Georgia, you get a month of early voting. Republican states. Well, those, those are evil point. Republicans suppressing the vote of black people. That's what. Yeah. what Ralph was going on. There, sense. there is so much racism in New England compared to the South. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Um, and it's Democrat-controlled. I've, I've only heard the N-word down here by people visiting from the Northeast. Unlike when I lived in Southie, unlike when I lived in Connecticut. Yeah. I mean, it, it's insane. And I was in the military. I don't know what Paul's talking about either. But that, I, don't oh, I don't know where that whole conversation went. I, I didn't either. That's why I had to ask. I should be a talk show host because I don't understand him any better than you do. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I welcome his call, but sometimes he he, he gets a little far. Just far make a point. He should have opened with the equity point and then gave examples instead yeah. of bouncing around from five different unrelated situations: healthcare, the Navy ship, the Kitty Hawk, this, that. Like, come on, like make your point and then give examples to support your point. It's yeah. simple. Yeah. Well, it'd be easy but if we all thought that way. But. Ralph is completely right. Um, I, we got nothing down here. It's yeah. everyone gets along. Integrated middle class neighborhoods. It's, well, that, it might be public's you, fault. If you're honest about it, the fact of the matter is there's no systematic racism. You, you know, it, it, because to do that, you have to have it codified in law, and there are no Jim Crow laws. There are no law. If anything, there's laws that that push harder back against it. So it's not in, in you know this systemic racism problem that we have. But, but I, I mean, there's always going to be some degree of prejudice and bias. It just always is. That's it's human nature. Always. And it's Rudy, usually in a Democrat-held area. Got to let you go, Rudy. Thank you so much. Thanks for all and thanks for your patience. Hey, great show, guys. Thanks so much, Matt. Thank you very much. Uh, Steve Bucci, thank you very much. And Paul, thank you very much for calling today. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, whether you're working, have the day off. Enjoy your day. God bless you. I love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.